I'm Dan Big. I'm the director of Chicago Recovery Alliance. I'm Sars Maxwell. I'm the medical director. There were 499 heroin-related deaths in Cook County in the year 2000. So we felt we could do something better to try to change the reverse that tide. So we started teaching people about and prescribing them uh, naloxone. You've got your syringe. Draw up one cc. One cc is what you're given. Okay. They're at the number one. Right. Here, you try. Oh, try it. You want me to try it? Mm -hmm. Okay. The way it works is that it blocks specifically the opiate receptors in the brain. The now hand? make sure the point is under water, not oh. under air. Oh. Otherwise, it'll just pull back air. Opiates oh, engage uh -huh. with the opiate receptor, but this just blocks it. Kind of like those plastic things you put on wall outlets when you got a kid go. in the house. It just blocks it, but no juice flows. So it kicks the heroin out of the receptor and blocks the receptor from the heroin coming back in. Now you're ready to shoot. I just. Yep. Okay. You just, okay, I can do that. And the person comes okay. out of the overdose. It's rather dramatic. They blink their eyes and look around and say, "What happened?" I, I just remember like um, shooting up and uh, you know just being high for a couple of minutes and then um, I don't know the, the only things I really remember is I remember doing it and thinking like that it felt really strong I remember going to light a cigarette for my wife and myself and that's the last thing I remember and that's the last thing I remember my boyfriend he told me that like I fell back and um, I look up at her and I, I don't remember, see her just I don't remember falling, falling back, back and starting to her lips start to turn blue I walked into and the room and noticed that she was slumped back on the couch was, and that her lips were blue. She was blue-lipped and uh, n completely non-responsive. She wasn't breathing. Uh, not breathing at all, looking dead. Being so scared and being afraid for her life. Very horrifying. Panic sort of <laughs> arose. People were screaming and trying to get cold water to throw on her and stuff. She tried to mouth-to-mouth -mouth and CPR and bang on me, pain responses. She you tried know, to wake her up, slapped her around a little bit. Uh, we drew up and injected her with naloxone in the shoulder. Just grabbed the meat on her arm. Right through the shirt. Shoved the needle uh, through her clothes and injected her. And then she shot it in and I came right back. And she woke up. It took about two minutes for her to come out. Fast, very fast. I didn't know what happened. I knew something obviously had gone wrong. I came to, and, and everyone was like all frantic all around me. When I finally was able to sit up after a few minutes, I was like, oh, you know, what happened? I think it was this kid, Jamie, who was just like, Vanessa, you just died. I woke up, and I was throwing up out the side of the car. I felt really sick. I mean, I had a big headache. I kind of felt like I was going to throw up. It's a sobering experience. I felt stupid, you know, because I thought I was being smart. I thought, like... You know, like, this was something that I wouldn't do ever, you know. I was going to be smart about how I used, because, you know, dying was something definitely was not on my list of to-do things, you know. I felt really, really lucky, really lucky, really thankful, just lucky to be alive. And, and then you know, it settles on you, and then um, sit there and think about it, you know. What are you going to do with that, the fact that you just overdose, you know? Are you going to take that lightly, or are you going to take it seriously and have it be kind of like a wake-up call, like think about what it is, what are you doing in your life, you It's know? kind of sad because then you always want to go out and use again because you've just lost your high. It have happens. you found that now that you have the naloxone at home and you have this safety net, that you feel free to use a whole lot more? No, you know what, I don't. 
I don't no. because. I mean, you think that you'd feel free I to use, like pig out. No, I don't think I use more. If anything, I cut down on my use. I didn't get. I didn't use more. I cut back because it's face the reality. I could have been dead, you know. And no one wants to die, whether or what they say, you know. And especially in an accident like that. I mean, you're sitting there lighting a cigarette. You think life is good, and then you're gone. It seemed at that time to be like a big turning point. I was just like, oh man, this is really stupid. You know, like I could have died. You know, like something needs to change here. I mean, I definitely tried to always keep it in my mind to like be smart about how much I did and like not drinking or taking anything with it. But you know, in actuality, stopping is a really hard thing to do. And so while you might stop for a couple of days, I think people do get back on it, you know. The overdose didn't stop her from injecting because it can't. Injecting isn't a choice for someone who has this disease. But it was one factor in impelling her to think about seeking treatment. Now, if she had actually died of her overdose, that would have guaranteed that she never injected again. However, death is not an outcome that physicians usually see as positive. So this is one great way we have to empower people to um, you know, take control of their lives a little bit more and stay alive, because dead people don't recover. Wow.